Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. Today, we are doing our penultimate episode in our coverage of The Lost Metal. We read chapters 71, 72, 73, 74, and then the first of the seven epilogues, wherein the world is saved, somebody dies, and then there are – Marisai has – I don't know, it's not even really a job interview. Uh, it's uh, like the end of a job interview, so – the the probationary period follow up yeah yeah it's uh it's like the thing where she's like nah this isn't for me I am Data and with me is it's Joe Jamie and Dak so hang on to something everybody the Sandra Lynch is about to begin. So yeah, kind of uh, a, a, a eventful, an important, a uh, an emotional four chapters and an epilogue this time. What did you guys think? Well, you know, it it had to end, right? I don't know. Uh, I I save. I'm, I'm kind of reserving my complete thoughts until we're finished because mm-hmm. reading one epilogue was kind of weird. So, I, but but as far as the actual story bits go, you know, touching moment. There are some things you're excited about when your predictions are true, and there are other things that you're kind of like, oh, well, I mean, I kind of figured that something like this might be coming, but at the same time, uh, it's not it's not super fun to find out that uh, that one of the heroes is sacrificing himself. And so, you know, mixed feelings. I'm also uh, getting over a cold, by the way, if I sound weird. But anyway, mixed feelings about this so far of what we've read, like I said. I reserve my judgment for the entire book and series of the Wax and Wayne books until after we've completed it. But yeah, I mean, none of it felt unearned. I think that's pretty important to me when I read a book that the moments uh, feel earned. And so I feel like we've kind of been trotting this way for quite some time throughout this entire book, especially. And so definitely, you know, I wasn't blindsided. It wasn't an Alan Vin death situation where I was kind of blindsided. So yeah, I think I think this ended. The, the in a in a well-earned place doesn't mean I have to love what actually happened, but um, I wouldn't say that it's you know that it's not good storytelling. It was good and it was done well and I appreciated it. Uh, yeah, overall I liked it a lot. Um, so I'm looking forward to to kind of just finishing it out so that we kind of get the get a little button. You know, if if, if the first epilogue was any indication, you know, we're gonna get like a button for each important character hopefully first one being marisai so hopefully we'll get a button for each each individual so but uh yeah we'll see what happens i guess so now you got me thinking if there's seven epilogues who are seven individuals or or i, I guess some of them could be for more than one right yeah I, mean, I don't know why you'd button the same person more than once but you could well or other people can be included in a button if they've already been involved but yeah i don't know why you would button that's somebody. true so we're gonna have marisai we're gonna have stairs we're gonna have wax um so that's three we mm. might have a epilogue mail on f- epilogue five marisai two <laughs> yeah 
might have a Malon. It might be interesting to have a Kelsier or a Shy button. Mm. And maybe, I don't know, maybe even like a uh, like a ready button, like a constable button. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, as for main characters, we're looking at three to four, maybe a harmony button. So we, we could get to we could get to six or seven buttons pretty, pretty easily. I feel like muffin button. Sure. Got muffin you. button. Yeah. Muffin sounds good. I haven't <laughs> eaten dinner, so. OK. Yeah, I, I really liked these chapters. I was very sad when Wayne died. I think we all knew it was coming in one form or another, but it still made me sad for it to actually happen, but I think it was well done. I think I was kind of right about the Mistborn thing. I think Wax is still gonna be a Mistborn. Surely something's going on there. But I was like, why would you why would you put that in the last vial? Why couldn't you just put it in a vial? Not tell anyone. The uh, the Lorassium, sorry. Why couldn't you just not tell anyone and just let him drink it? And then I just I'm confused. But overall I enjoyed it. <laughs> I really liked saved and Wayne getting their moment at the end. I thought that was <laughs> and just how, you know, irreverent uh, Wayne is, but Say's kind of joined in and liked that. So that was that was good. And yeah, the first the first um, epilogue with oh, Marcy and Kelsiar and that group, I thought that went well and I'm really happy with the decision that she's made to walk away from it. So but it was yeah, very good. I'm very happy with with where it's gone. Going. Going, going, gone. Sure. There, yeah. <laughs> We're almost there. <laughs> yeah, the the Wayne and uh, in Harmony thing was, I, I don't know that I was expecting it, but it is, it's kind of fun. And uh, Wayne gets one last chance to be very Wayne. So. Yeah, yeah. Very Wayne. I'm glad it's it's, it's a good, uh, good send off. But yes, you. I mean, I'm, I'm, I was right there with you because it's like, yeah, we, we all saw it coming more or less since uh, pretty early in the book, but it, that doesn't make it not sad. Yeah, and just like being the hero to do it as well and saving Wax and it's just, it's emotional from, you know, all the characters, but it's emotional from Wayne and it's emotional as the reader. And it's just, it's just, I think it went the best way it could have, you know, um, I'm, uh, I'm not glad that someone didn't make it out, but there's got to be some stakes somewhere, you know, yeah. like I, I wish he was able to move on, but if anyone was to go, I think that makes the most sense. Yeah. Yeah, I probably agree with you when you think about it like that. These chapters were really good. Yep, satisfying ending. I will say I was a bit surprised when we got to the end and Wayne died. I'm like, wow, Brandon was leaning on that so hard through this book that when it actually happened, I'm just like, oh, you didn't pull the rug out from under us on that one. You actually just went and did it. <laughs> so it was, yeah, no, it was it was a satisfying conclusion for Wayne. I'm happy with where that went. His talk with Says was 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 really fun. I guess it was it was also fun that in the end Wax wasn't the the hero of this one because I feel like the other books like Wax Wax was the one who sold everything whereas it was nice in this one for it to be someone else just a bit different and I'd, maybe it's just like the pacing of how we got to this point when we and when we got to it but when it happened I'm just like oh I was expecting more like to happen after this but of course mm. like they you know they stopped they stopped the bomb and from their perspective it was quite a frenetic race from to the tower to the boat. So, yeah, no, on the whole, satisfying. Marisai's epilogue, loved it. I love Marisai, she's great. I like characters who have, like, integrity and stand up to people mm. the way that she does. And uh, also Twin Soul, absolute boss. Like, <laughs> great guy, great guy. 
Yeah, no, like uh, quite quite good. I'm happy. To, uh, I'm looking forward to the other epilogues, but as it stands, the the conclusion to the book's action really really solid. It's a good point that like Wax, I mean Wax is definitely a part of things here, but Wayne does the bomb, Marisai does the army, so Wax is like the 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 helper. And uh, I mean, he does slaughter like 300 dudes single handedly, so he's helping a lot. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, he's still. Like he was still a vital part of everything, but at the end, the person who like put put the puzzle in place is is Wayne. So, and I guess as as Harmony says, it's like really no one else could have done it. So, right person, right time. Yeah, place. yeah. And it it was it was really cool to see Wayne using his power in a way that we haven't really seen him need to use it before. Mm-hmm. Like with the barrels, that was yeah. That was that was really interesting. And uh, yeah, he even made use of. Uh, some I was gonna say it, the spike, except I guess he didn't. It didn't really need to be the spike because he got the the, the same power from the vial. Yeah. But yeah, all sorts of uh, new powers. And I've I wondered from the beginning of Alloy of Law, like what these time bubbles would do with Duralumin, because there was no one who could show us that, and so it was interesting to see that. Yeah, that's true. It. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I think just like because because we've got yeah, there are new powers. Like what could Duralumin do with uh, ones we didn't see in Era One, like like how cool would it be to see that in conjunction with Marisai's thing? Like I mean I don't know if it'd, it'd be particularly beneficial, but it'd still be interesting. Yeah, she'd like time jump a hundred years into the future. But yeah, I mean initially I'd been like, so if they use if they could use Duralumin, would it just make it like way bigger, or would it? And so I guess we find out that it makes it way faster, or I guess if Marisai did it, way slower. Yeah, it works on ex- exponents. Yeah. So, okay. Well, I guess let's let's do this thing. We will get into chapter seventy-one. So, when we left them last, they uh, had found the bombs and had no way to stop them. So, now they're going to go through, and they go through to clear the ship. It says, <laughs> and uh, of course, it's got to be Wayne's perspective, so it can be like, yeah, this is even worse than that time Wax tried to teach me the value of hard work. By mucking out a stall, turned out it had been three clips because that's what Wayne paid somebody else to do it. And so they have basically there's people hiding all over the ship. They have to check all the nooks and crannies so nobody jumps out behind them and kills them. Especially since you can't even really detect metal because everything is metal. So it's hard to tell if something's coming from a person with a with some change or a gun or if it's just the ship. So it says half an hour or more later, they finally make it to the bridge. Wax pushes down the reinforced door and they find three women and one man, all who have killed themselves rather than fall into custody. And Wayne has this bit about, geez, I thought people in the roughs were supposed to be the weird ones. This is nuts. And the controls have been set up. So the ship is going to move towards Ellendale. And if they try to change course, the bomb will explode. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm su- I'm surprised. I mean, I know. There was obviously people working on this ship, like the guy who escaped, who maybe didn't fully understand what was going on. But I'm surprised at the zealousness of these people. It's like, oh, yeah, we're just going to kill ourselves instead of being captured. Yeah, right. Or we know that if these people happen to be spiked or something, we know that that autonomy can take control and force them to kill themselves. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if she would exert that kind of control or not in this situation. I mean, they all, uh, the ones who understood, at least, were all planning on dying when the ship got to Ellendale. So I guess now or later isn't that huge a difference. But, I mean, you're not wrong. It is a little bit intense. 
I was so impressed that they had they had the technology to say, oh yeah, if this if this goes off course, the bomb will detonate. I'm like, you have tech that can tell that? Is there a GPS in that? <laughs> I still we're at the end of what like four books in this series, and I still have no comprehension of what they actually can and can't do. It's like, I'm like oh, you've got electricity, but you haven't figured out the radio. But maybe you have by now, and now you've got like nuclear weapons. It's just it's Jonas. <laughs> yeah, good. it's kind of a mishmash. I mean, it's cool. I just have no idea what I'm actually looking at. Yeah, it's like I'm not surprised by anything. You're like, we have this technology, all right? If you say so, I guess. We we don't we don't have the radio, but we can reenact speed too. <laughs> yeah, basically. And Wayne's like, oh, dude, I can see the lights of Ellendale coming up, and Hermie's like, yes, you have 20 minutes at current speed. And uh, Wayne. Wax is like, we're just going to have to risk trying to defuse the bomb. And Wayne's like, but you said that it would almost certainly explode. And Wax is like, okay, yeah, but do you have a better idea? And that's when Rain, Wayne realizes, <laughs> yes, actually, I weirdly, I have a better idea. <laughs> and he decides that this, not that tower that they fought their way up, this is the Mesa from the story. The Mesa that he has to go inside and kill the bad guy from the inside. And so basically... If you get harmonium wet, it will explode, but it won't be the giant city-killing explosion. So I know that, like, Wayne has been stretching this metaphor, Mm -hmm. like, the entire book. And I understand, like, you know, its use in the prologue and its place here. But I just feel (laughs) – I feel like it doesn't make enough sense, even in a Wayne sort of way, for it to make sense. If if that mean if that makes if what I'm saying makes any sense, it just like I'm just every time he mentions it, I'm just like what are you what what are you talking about? I'm confused. Yeah, it's, it's like why are we so in, why why does it have this have to be that story? Like right? I, yeah, I I kind of agree that it seems a little bit out there. It it almost seemed like Brandon wanted to make a nice moment at the beginning of the book between Wayne and his mother, but then he wanted to have it be relevant to the story in a larger way, and I just like I don't feel like it completely connects 100. percent but that being said, it's there's nothing wrong with it, especially because we kind of allow Wayne to have his, for lack of a better word, Wayne-ness. And we kind of get like, well, he's not always going to make sense. He's Wayne. Hmm. The thing that threw me about it all is like he's he he fixates on it so much in this book to the point where it's like it's weird that it didn't then come up in previous books. Now, granted. <laughs> Brandon may not have come up with it in previous books, but considering how much he leans on it here and it's a thing from his childhood, you'd think, so you, what, you just forgot about it until this year? And he's like, hey, I remember this story, and like now I'm going to make everything about it. Yeah, uh, you're you're not wrong. Maybe Wayne sensed that this was the end also. That yeah. was the last story he heard from his mom, so it's kind of... Maybe. I don't know. It just seems like it should have been woven a little bit more organically in, but, I mean, if he didn't think to write the story that... It, about Wayne's mom from the first novel. It's like, well, how can you do that? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like the Qui-Gon Jinn thing from like, oh, he was such an important part to Obi-Wan uh, in the prequels that he just never brought him up ever again in his life. <laughs> right. Yeah. They just wanted Liam Neeson to have a sweet part, you know? And it's just like, oh man, this doesn't make any sense. And so Wayne's idea is you pour water into there. The et metal will explode, but you won't get the giant bomb. But since each bomb is hooked up to all the other ones, if one of them goes off prematurely, then the other ones will actually go off, and it's bad. I don't know why. You can't just 
put water in all three at the same time, but maybe they're not close. Maybe you need a third person on here to do that. But Wayne's like, what if we had a speed bubble and you kick one out as it starts exploding so it doesn't alert the other ones outside of and Wax's like, do you know how fast electricity moves? There's no way we could outrun an electric signal. And then Harmony's like, hey, hold on. Actually, this could work. I gave you wax. I gave you a vial with a red cork. And he's like, oh, yeah, I have. And he finds a handkerchief in his pocket. And Wayne goes barely used about the handkerchief. And yeah, which, you know, it's not too far from my prediction. It's just like, yeah, Wayne's just going to take that. Yeah. As soon as in the earlier section, as soon as Wayne's like very specifically interested in this, I'm like, he's going to take your vial when you're not looking, dude. I mean, it's Wayne. How could he not? And so Wayne's like, uh, Harmony confirms that this plan could work. And Wayne's like, okay, that also, like, I just need to figure out if it work. And also, I found out one more thing. The plan doesn't need you, mate. And he pushes uh, with the uh, Alamancy to shove Wax off the ship and into the water. And his, his last look at his friend, he says his friend gave him a look of outrage and maybe regret as he vanished into the misty darkness over the water. Land safely, mate, and survive. So it turns out what is in the, the vial is some lorassium earlier in the week when they made that test and they split harmonium wax managed to create some lorassium so i my assumption is that one of the chondra picked it up on mm-hmm. harmony's like orders or whatever probably which you know we may not maybe we'll get the answer to that specifically in the epilogues i don't know i'll i'll go ahead and make a prediction they're going to tell you that in the epilogues mm-hmm. but anyway so that being said though does Harmony only tell Wayne that, or does he tell Wax that? He only tells Wayne that. If okay. Tell. I mean, maybe he's still speaking into Wax's brain, but he's answering okay. Wayne's question specifically. So. Gotcha. Okay. My Yeah, my thought pattern was going to, well, if Wax knows that now worked, he could probably redo his experiment and make some more. Um, but if he doesn't know, then he doesn't know. Obviously, he doesn't know what he doesn't know. I don't need to say that out loud, <laughs> but I did. I kind of thought that he was, like, say he was specifically telling Wayne now because he didn't want Wax to know. Mm. Like, last resort, like, yes, he's made this. We'll give it to him if he absolutely needs it. But if he doesn't need it, he'll never know. I was like, yeah, he was hoping it had worked, but he wasn't sure. Yeah. And obviously he's got some kind of, as as Jamie had predicted, there's some kind of something going on with Wax where he's, slightly tinged with some invested with some kind of powers where he can use pewter and stuff, which I'm like, dude, you spiked yourself, (laughs) but whatever, you know, moving along outside of that. Then the question for me becomes how long until wax figures out that's what happened because it's like, and again, maybe we get that answer in the epilogues, but yeah, it's, it's just like who knew, I guess harmony knew the experiment was, actually somewhat successful even though it should you know uh when they were cleaning up maybe somebody picked some some stuff up on on at harmony's request but i'm more interested to find out the details of that yeah right i mean there's clearly there's some some things of interest here something happened he says that this metal has not existed for centuries and as far as i know hasn't been made in millennia so it was at least a thousand years before the lord ruler even that this metal was last made so around about the time preservation spread himself thin trying to contain ruin? It's hard to say. Like we know yeah. that the Lord Ruler used beads of it to, you know, give his buddies Alamancy and that 
Ellen got one of the last two and that the uh, sexy drifter picked up the other one. But, Sexy uh, Drifter, a.k.a. from originally, we still don't know. Wait, yeah. Roshak didn't, didn't give it to his buddies. He made him into Kandra. They were the first gen. Well, I meant his buddies as in, like, he, he, he used it to bribe, like, powerful people over to his side when he started oh. taking it Oh, I forgot about that bit. That's where the nobleman came from originally. Yeah. But yes, he's like, drink that vial and you'll be a Mistborn. And there's a little bit of each of the metals in there, so you can use them all. And he's like, why didn't you have wax drink this earlier? And A, I didn't want to reveal what had happened, as I don't know why or how. So even Harmony is like, wax, something weird happened in Wax's experiment, and it was different from the other times this has happened. I don't know how we got this metal. And also, he might have already inhaled a dose uh, during the explosion. So he, maybe he's already missed Morny. Once again, when God is like, maybe this happened, it's okay. That's weird. It's unclear, is what he's saying. Yeah. And Wayne's like, oh, well, I guess that would explain a few things. Yeah, my assumption results is, may vary. My assumption is based on what we saw in the book that Jamie was right, and yes, he definitely did get some, and he definitely has been a misborn this whole time, and just didn't realize it. Just not a very powerful one because, like the the more lorassium you burn, the more powerful a misborn you are. So, yeah, dude, what if I ate like four beads? That'd be crazy. <laughs> my hands are so huge they could touch anything but themselves. Oh, oh wait. wait. <laughs> eat multiple beads and it's like oh then you go super saiyan but like like next level up or something yeah super, so super, super saiyan super god du- super saiyan super duper saiyan <laughs> well, well what, are we, what are we talking about here Dak? we got super saiyan we got super saiyan uh ascended we've got uh super saiyan 2 we've three, got super four. saiyan 3 we've got four but that's that's outside of canon now so you go from three to to God, and then you go I, Super Saiyan. Uh, I haven't seen anything past Boo Saga and GT, so oh, I, sure. I, 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 I got you. No, no, no. It's Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan first, then Ultra Instinct Omen, and then Ultra Instinct, and now there's an, an, even, an even another form called Super Saiyan dear, Ego. Dear God. Yeah. What only, color is that one? Uh, well, so only Vegeta has done Super Saiyan Ego because only Goku has done Super Saiyan Instinct. So the way that they explain it is Goku is using the power of angels and angels watch over the gods of destruction. And so Vegeta is using the power of the gods of destruction. So that's why the forms are different. Wait, how many um, gods are, uh, no, let's not go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, so there are there are a bunch of universes in Dragon Ball and there's a, a god of destruction for each universe. I love this. I'm looking it up. So Ultra Ego, Wagamama no Gokui. <laughs> which literally translates to the secret of the self-indulgent. Yeah. So basically while Ultra Instinct focuses on complete dodgeability and not getting hit by attacks and fighting on complete instinct alone, your body reacting without you having to make decisions, Ego is about getting hit harder and harder and then like basically taking your anger and your destructive power and turning it on your opponent so it's uh they're kind of you know yin and yang type thing and one has white hair and one has black hair so it even makes sense well, there you go but uh yeah that was the dragon ball minute on uh <laughs> the sander lanch podcast but yes if i had all the beads of lorassium would that make me the most powerful misborn of all time and if so how could i become a fairing as well outside of hemolurgy what lorassium is actually doing is like connecting your soul to preservation and so 
somebody asked him like what if you became like a savant at burning lorassium and he's basically that and he said and brandon said that's basically what ascension is like when you ascend to preservation's power is like you are your your soul is so connected to preservation that you are preservation at that point ah interesting so basically what yeah basically what Sazed did and then today i read one a word of brandon where somebody asked him you know you have lorassium that allows you to become an alamancer is there something like that in in universe that would allow you to become a ferrochemist and he was kind of squirrely about it. He's like, okay, based on the way that you phrased your question, yes, there is technically a thing that, yes. And so I was like, oh, that makes me curious. Era three, era three. I mean, could he have met? Could he have just meant hemallergy though, in the way that that question was phrased, or did you not phrase it the same way that guy phrased it? I, I don't know. I don't think that I, I don't know that I phrased it exactly the same way that he did. But I feel like the implication was like I, he may have even said in there like not hemallergy. Or like other than hemorrhagy. So, but yeah, so in- interesting, interesting things that are still out there that we don't know anything about. So, okay. Wayne drinks the stuff and then he's just like, huh, that's anticlimactic. He's like, you have to burn the Lorassian, Wayne. All right. And so he's a flash of light, a fire in his veins, a feeling like a kick to the face. All right. Did you say so? And so he says, uh, you can burn Duralumin now and that's what you need to make this plan work. How much bendeloid do you have left, Wayne? He pulls out a, a pouch. And he's like, okay, that might be enough. Here's another pouch. Oh, okay. And another pouch. How many pouches do you have? 17. I'm a fancy rich guy now. Also, shouldn't Harmony know how many pouches he has? Why is he having to ask him? You know, he's blinded. He can't see stuff except he can see, like, through wax, apparently. I guess. Well, that doesn't sound right to me. Because wax is his, uh, his sword, his representative. Yeah, that term... Also seems inadequate, but again, who am I to judge? <laughs> and so Wayne takes takes in a lot of Bendeloy. And uh, let's see, we get here. Suddenly, a figure mostly transparent stood beside him. A tall, bald man, Terrace, and another darker fellow stood behind him. Like the other one was a shadow. So I don't know. We've, we've heard about this before. Yeah. And uh, there's been some talk in this book about some various things. What do you guys think of uh, what's going on with Harmony? I mean, my assumption was that these are his two, you know, you're seeing him and then you're seeing his preservation half and his ruin half in somewhat corporeal form. Mm. That would be my guess. And, yeah, same thought. And I, we're, we're jumping ahead a bit, but when Kelsier's talking about, ah, there's something going on with him. Mm-hmm. My guess is that based on there's one person holding these two powers that are essentially in conflict with one another, it may not be sustainable forever. And Mm. similar to what I predicted previously when we were talking about who autonomy could be, I almost wondered if maybe he is like splitting in half, like his being is splitting in half because it's not meant to be held together the way that he's been holding it together so that's kind of where i'm thinking this is going maybe that's what's wrong with him it's that he literally the two powers have been held by him for too long together and it's not it's not going to be able to continue to work but the idea of having one person be overcome by ruin again seems extremely dangerous Mm. because 
then you would have somebody who preservation who really can't do anything but preserve and then one person who's completely bent on ruining things which is what we found our the issue we found ourselves in before which if left to his own devices ruin would have surely destroyed skatrio completely yep even with preservation in his full power i don't know that he could have stopped ruin from doing what ruin was going to do uh, but I mean, I may be wrong about that, but that's kind of where my brain was headed with that. Yeah. Negasized. So I have as a, as a good pull deck. I, I appreciated that data was going to skate right over that. But Negasized <laughs> is great. Thank you. He's a, he's a really great guy. We're going to have lunch later. Yeah. We're just shooting the shit, you know. Um. So I have a few I was details. Dark Duck, but... Oh, yeah, that's true. I do love Darkwing Duck. I have a few details to pull out that uh, are where this is inspiring a lot of fan theorizing. I, I mean, yeah, the brand new book. We're on the forefront here for that kind of theorizing. So I was going to ask you or I was wondering about that, like what other people think. So there's there's a few things at some point after the first trilogy, somebody asked, like, you know, he says picked up these two opposing shards and he became Harmony. So I guess it's after Alloy of Law, because I think that's where we learned that name. But they're like, did his intent influence what it became, what this new shard essentially became? And Brandon says, uh, you know, that yes, the intent of the person holding it can influence how the the intent of the shard is expressed. So these two opposite forces combined together, Sazed interpreted as, you know, the, the opposites are in harmony. But he said it just as easily could have been called, say, discord with these two opposing forces, like not agreeing in that case, not working together or whatever. If you will remember, very recently on uh, on the top of the Shaw, when Wax is talking to Telson, uh, she tells him, like, autonomy likes you. Harmony knows he's growing impotent, that discord, capital D, is near. And so he created you a sword. I guess the other thing you can ter- you can interpret that is like, oh yeah, it could be that the harmony is falling into Discord, or Discord is another shard who's kind of hanging around, ready to just fuck some shit up in general. True, but then there is one other thing. Discord could ba- be the Loki of the of the shards, the one who likes causing mischief. Back mm. in the first trilogy, let me find when we were going through. We we kept getting sections of the prophecy, the Terrace prophecy about the Hero of Ages. One of the sections of the Terrace prophecy prophecy that we got, like in a in in a whole piece, was he shall defend their ways yet violate them. He will be their savior yet they shall call him heretic. Heretic. His name shall be Discord yet they shall love him for it. And that was another capital D Discord all the way back in. I don't remember if that was ah. Ascension or what that was. Interesting. Uh, yeah, that would have been well of ascension if it was prophecy. So the 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 big fan idea taken from all of these little bits is that potentially what has been – and also because I, I didn't mention that if you'll remember, the shards, the shards' power is more ruined than preservation because preservation added an extra piece of himself to give people sentience. Oh, and that's right. So – the power that Sazed holds is more ruined than preservation, and yet he seems to have been, by force of will, creating – ruining less than he's preserving. Hmm. And so there may be a long-term backlash to trying to put the powers into 
equality when they are not equal, more yeah. or less, or even putting the the one that's less powerful over the one that's more powerful. So that power may be finding a place to go. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, we we keep talking about Sazed, but we I, I have to remind myself he's not Sazed anymore. He's a god. Mm. And it's very possible that now that he's no longer a mortal being that he could potentially be split into two things. It's true. And still have the appearance of being Sazed, you know, a man that looks like a terraceman, but be completely different in personality and aspect so there's a very large possibility that it doesn't have to that the force doesn't have to be necessarily held by a different individual with a different soul it could still be the same entity but split in in half again much like a piccolo kami situation they both <laughs> i was just about to say it <laughs> uh, they both they both looked the same they were both of the same body type and structure until old piccolo died and and coughed up piccolo jr which at that Ooh. point i don't even know what i don't even know how it was the same being at that point and how they right. could have refused because technically that should have been like his son not him but you know namekian physiology is weird whatever yeah, we're mean, not talking about namekians right now we're talking about a god but they're reproducing asexually if, if yeah be, you know genetically identical and I, I yeah i mean they all look different so you know it shouldn't be genetically identical because mm, like true. for example guru was like the father of every single namekian on the planet and they all looked slightly different but yeah they're weird slug people we're talking about a god <laughs> in a completely different universe so you know i'm just yeah. i'm just trying to grasp a, some kind of comparison here that could be heading in a certain direction the i guess the theory is that this will come to a head for the next era of Mistborn, which is, you know, this, the story of this era is smaller and more personal than the big epic story of the first era. And he originally had three eras planned, not including this one. So theoretically the story for era two is as big as epic as the story for era one. And in which case you need some big God threat, although we had a big God threat in this one too. So, <sighs> Just, just some stuff to think about as we sit around waiting for uh, more Mistborn sometime. Uh, okay, I guess back to the actual thing. Harmony's like, I knew I had to bring Wax back to Elendel. I didn't realize that uh, I also needed you, but apparently I was wrong. And that's when Wayne's like, it should be Wax. He's the one who fixes messes like this. And Harmony says, no, you've practiced all your life with speed bubbles. Wax would be brand new at them. You're, you might be the only person in the world who could do this. And Wayne's like, that's depressing. I'm the best you could do. Ain't you God? And then he has this line where he's like, you're not the best I could do. You're the best there is. And no being, God or mortal, could wish for more than one such as you. And he's like, oh, man, if God says it, then it's got to be true, right? Yeah, I feel good about myself. Right? It's very sweet. Yeah, it's a nice thing to say to a guy who needs to hear it at that point. Of course, there was a lot of stakes, so he could have been blowing smoke, but hopefully that's not it's the case. true, yeah. <laughs> and then Says points out that there's another possibility that could maybe work, a, a 1% chance that it might work. And Wayne's like, no, I'm going to do this. There's a family what doesn't have a daddy because of me. You'll take care of them? Of course. And is Wax going to survive this? And he's like, well, 
normally no one could survive what's coming, but uh, Wax has pewter now. It's like he's confirming here that, yes, Wax can indeed use pewter, so he's a Mistborn, right? Unless when Say said that it didn't work like he thought, like Wax got such a small amount that he didn't get all the powers somehow and only has a couple of them. That would and be also, something like, new. Didn't he have a pewter spike from Dumod? He has the spike for Jerlumen from Dumod. Yeah. Oh, okay. So multiple spikes. Yeah. So I wonder if he got such a low dose that it's like it's only something that could potentially help his body like stay healthy, not necessarily mm. like be able to use it to make his make him stronger or something. Maybe. But I mean, I don't know how the investiture works at that level. Wayne has this one like, will this earn me forgiveness? And Harmony says, you, or Wax already said this, uh, I'll say it too, you can't do this for forgiveness. You need no forgiveness, not anymore. Wayne, do you know what you are, or who you are? And he's like, yeah, I know who I am. Uh, he's the hero. But, uh, does he does he say goddamn? Yeah. Okay, just made me think of uh, Firefly. Yeah, exactly, that's what I was thinking of too. And it Can't also made me just... think of, uh, what's that other, there's another movie or TV show where he's like, let's go play goddamn heroes. I don't yeah. remember what show it is but it's something he he tells harmony i'm gonna need your hat he's like i i, I don't wear a hat you're god improvise something and so he does he gives him uh some a strange glowy hat and some earrings too and then wayne is, gets into character he's like hold on to your robes my dear friend this is going to be unlike anything you have seen before i think so he's right there he's he, he's got harmony down we cut very briefly to marisai who's going towards the constabulary office with uh, these kidnapped people. We cut to Steris on the docks, like uh, holding on to the little silvery spear, the symbol of the Church of the Survivor that she wears around her neck. Like, please, Kelsey, or help. He's not helping. I'm just throwing that out there. As much as, like, Jamie and I think some other people were like, I want to get Kelsier in here. He doesn't make it in time. Look, he doesn't make it in time, and to be honest, I was kind of glad he didn't show up in the end. I think the way that it went was better. Yeah, I think it would have been a little bit disappointing if he had turned up. I mean, Save the day. Yeah, yeah. Also, I just feel like he was just a bit of an asshole in the end. So I'm like, you know what? Uh, he's always been a little bit of an asshole, to be fair. Yeah, but now he's like, asshole. Plus, I have a spike in my eye, so I've kind of got a headache all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that explains everything right there. Yeah, now he's uh now he's asshole in charge, you know, like more in charge than he was before. I was about to say he was already kind of asshole in charge. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, he said he said three hundred years to refine his assholery. Yep, yeah, that's true. Yeah, the dude is uh the dude's not you know he's not an eight on the enneagram. He's he's something else. I don't know what number he is. <laughs> so Wayne, because Bendeloy is so expensive, Wayne's practiced more than probably anybody else. And can shape his speed bubbles, so he manages to make one that includes all the barrels but excludes the device on the wall. And he burns Duralumin and pushes speed bubble push, pushing time. And he's moving so fast now that even light is not acting like it's supposed to. He has to burn some steel so that he can see what's around him, basically. And then he, he pulls off the plan. He pours some water into a bomb, kicks it out of the speed bubble when it starts to explode and then does it to the other ones he let out a breath and dropped his canteen he'd been gobbled up it was true but what happened when you strangled the monster from 
when that happened, you strangled the monster from the inside. The speed bubble shatters, and there's an explosion, and that is the end of Wayne. Well, almost. Yeah. Meanwhile, Wax is out here swimming. He didn't get a life jacket first, unlike uh, uh, Welled. And then there's an explosion, and he sees for a moment this figure, a terraceman, standing on the surface of the water, hand outstretched, protecting him from uh, at least some of the blast. Also, he hit the water hard enough that he thinks he's broken his leg. At least one leg, it says. So maybe both, which would make it real hard to swim. Yeah, that uh, that would hurt real bad. Yeah. And he's like, farewell, my friend, you incredible rusting man. Thank you. And all of a sudden, here's a boat, and it's Hoyd. Carriage for you, sir. Probably the most unexpected thing for me in right? this book. Without a doubt. I just I I just don't like whose side I just don't get it whose side is he what on? is his what's his angle here yeah, yeah exactly it's like he, he he's not doing this for no reason right but what is the reason <laughs> yeah I just need to know man what are you doing oh gosh like he's uh, still he, he's got his coachman's outfit with white gloves and he's just on the deck of this boat like there you go yeah, at least it's not a corpse this time. Yeah, it's actually just a legitimate, like, wooden board or yeah. metal board. There's some right. corpses like, in there somewhere. You don't he, he's just like, yeah. uh, don't go below decks. Why not? <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just. He's like, uh, Hoyd, why do you call this boat the SS Spanky? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a long story. Yeah, it's a very long story. Hoyd, are you a murderer? That's ridiculous. I don't murder cats. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a murderer, Hoyd? Ah, who has the time? Where did I find a bunny? So then we cut to Steris, who uh, and her hearing in the explosion, getting hit by the shockwave. And they're back into the center of the city now, so not even on the docks anymore. And it is a big shockwave. She's any closer to the docks than where they were, and she thinks the windows would have shattered. Which means there's probably a lot of shattered windows in town. And then the governor's like, oh my gosh, he did it! He detonated the bomb. The city is saved. And she's like, yeah, I mean, I told you. But then at the same time, she's like, you better not have been on that boat. Earlier, she's like, you better be on that boat. And now she's like, you better not have been on that boat. And then uh, he says, will the tsunami come? And she says, yes, imminently. And the governor's like, we we actually helped, didn't we? (laughs) The governor of the city should not be the surprise that he made a a, a difference. That's kind of. Yeah, he's very shocked he did his job. Yeah. Thank the survivor. I'm glad you let us retreat, he says. Like, she, he's so not in charge here. She's just like, you stay here and be my dancing monkey to give the orders when people are not sure if they want to listen to me. And I'm going to tell you what to do, which good for you, Steris. And we don't actually see like the the the, the wave hit. We, we see like the water receding in advance of this giant wave. So it's still going to be a, a, a largish wave. She's like, hopefully not a a big tsunami, but it's going to be a tsunami. So maybe her, the things that she did will help with, you know, sinking boats and things like that. And then chapter 74, our final numbered chapter of the book, Wayne is floating above the planet. Man, huh? who would have thought that being dead would be so much like being drunk? He could write a whole damn book of scripture about that. He could. <laughs> oh, Wayne. And here comes, uh, here comes Harmony. It's like, Hey God, how's uh, creation time and space reality? You know, things. Harmony says, good, because of you. And Wayne's like, wait, I ain't going to be a ghost, am I? <laughs> no, 
you'll you'll be here for a minute and then you're you're gonna go to the BL. And he's like, good, good, good. And Wayne is not worried about it all. He's like, the part I already died. That's the part I worried would hurt. So <laughs> this is this is good. I spent this whole conversation expecting him to just go it's like, oh look, I met God instead of death when I died. I must be pretty important. Hey, hey. <laughs> it's true. But Wayne's just impressed with himself. The planet is so big, and Harmony's like, oh, I understand you could find this intimidating. He's like, and I saved the whole damn thing. Then Harmony's like, I mean, okay, I guess. I mean, some, with some help from Marisai and Wax, but – and the, uh, you can see autonomy withdrawing, which that's good. My vision returns, and I will take care that I'm not blindsided again. So hopefully he's learning <laughs> his lessons. And Wayne says, you sound afraid. He's like, nervous. I can see pieces moving in the Cosmere, aligning – Pointed at us. We are not free of their influence, but we have time now. Time to prepare, thanks to you. So not free of their influence, eh? That's not good. Yeah. What if, like, all the shards just converged on Skadriel for some reason? Don't know why <laughs> they would. Well, he says that Autonomy was overextending herself to try to get them before something else happens, so maybe it would be difficult. I saved the whole damn world. I'm probably the best constable who ever rusting lived. <laughs> He's like, I mean, I, I guess Vin and Ellen weren't constables, so... Like, he's like, okay, check yourself. Vin and Ellen are still way cooler than you, but, you know, they weren't cops, so. Wax ain't never saved the whole world. And most of the others in the Octant Constabulary, they couldn't save a coupon for free beer, even when I gave it to them. Stupid giraffe conjure man. <laughs> yeah, because Tencent wanted beer. No, that was, uh, oh, yeah, that was Tencent. You're right. You're right. Uh, I mean, if you have a coupon for free beer, I don't think you're supposed to save it, to be fair, but. And then he's like, best Connor in the whole damn world. Ha, eat that ready. Eat it with hot sauce and cry. Which is just, this chapter is so Wayne. The only thing missing from this is him him somehow picking Harmony's pocket. Oh, you don't think he did? I want to see, he stretches off into infinity and Harmony's like, crap, where's my, my handkerchief that I like so much? Did we talk, did we talk about how Harmony gave him a hat? I I touched on it briefly, yeah. God hat. I I wonder what that felt like. I would imagine the same thing. It's like Wayne tries to pick Harmony's pockets, and Harmony's like, Wayne, I don't have pockets. <laughs> He's like, can't you just make pockets this one time? Harmony's, uh, Wayne starts to stretch, and Harmony's like, do you have, like, a question before you go? Like, a lot of people have, like, you know, they want to ask God something when they meet him. So, before she left, Malon told me I was the best lay she ever had, and I was wondering, Wayne, <laughs> what is it Renette always says to you? Try dodging this? The other one. Don't ruin the moment by being all skeevy? Yes, that one. Uh, oh, Wayne. I'm glad he's that Renette. Yeah, he remembers. <laughs> he's learned. It. You're smart. Maybe even as smart as Renette. I suppose that makes sense and all. Just. Uh, I love this whole thing and it's so ridiculous. And then he treats Harmony like he's trying to trick him. Like he's a genie trying to trick him into wasting a wish. He's like, ah, I'm not going to waste my question on this or that. You can't trick me into doing it. And his final question is, was that the biggest damn explosion a person ever made? He's like, well, I guess most other things like that would be categorized acts of God. So, yes, I declare that it is. You exploded yourself in the biggest damn explosion a person ever made in the history of our planet. Make sure Steris knows. She's always complaining about my exploding things. And this time I saved her (laughs) hide by doing it. Oh, Wayne. And then he's like, I knew you'd glow. And he winks and he's gone. He stretched into the wind and into the stars and all endless things, which is a sweet and uh, that chapter is, is is sweet at the end, but it's a very appropriate end for uh, Era 2, I feel like. Yep, that works. And then the yeah. first epilogue, 10 hours after detonation. 
Marisai apparently just jumped on a train like real fast. Like she got all these people to the cops and then she's like, I got to get back to Ellendale and hopped on a train. And uh, she also, I guess, handed over Entrone. And she's like, you know, he was in charge of the city and these constables until like five minutes ago. So I hope that they will, you know, convict him. We have a lot of evidence, a lot of people who can vouch for what happened. So she they found Telson dead on top of the Shaw written by her own fingernail on the strangely gray skin of her arm had been the words you have proven yourselves for now. For now. Oh, autonomy. You suck. You're not <laughs> even a good like uh, she's not even a good bad guy. She's just obnoxious <laughs> uh, i, 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 I kind of rated this because we talked about when she had that chat with wax about how would she actually follow through on her you know philosophy it's like yeah you prove you like if you can prove yourselves i'll leave the world alone and then she did i'm like okay i can respect that yeah i, I like agree the, i like i like bad I mean, guys I, who stick to their principles i guess i don't know like a, a, go ahead jamie i'm sorry nothing like a villain who's true to their word hmm her platitudes just bother me. I'm just like, come on. <laughs> Be more creative, Autonomy. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, you're you're just like everybody who wants domination, except for you actually like stick to your word. Like, come on. No, I'm 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 with Dak and Jamie. I felt like I was like, you know what? Respect. I don't like you, but uh, you you backed off like you said you were going to, and you're like, but you left an I'll be back or next time gadget. So, uh, you know, I'm, yeah. uh, I'm okay with it. Plus, we did, it's not like we spent a lot of time talking to her and directly and finding out her motives. Like, it's not like Ruin where the bastard just wouldn't shut the hell up. <laughs> True. We got a little bit from Autonomy, and we got more probably from Moonlight about what sh- she thinks Autonomy is doing. So, who knows really and truly. Uh, but she gets to the train station, and here's Alec coming to give her a hug, and he's he came back to the city early and she can see that he's been crying and she's like, Hey, it's all right. I'm fine. And he's like, it's not you. We tried to, we tried to get word to you, but the lines were busy and her world started to crack. Who Wayne? And she's like, no, no, it can't be Wayne. Wayne was practically immortal. He was like a rock, the kind you got in your shoe and couldn't get rid of. And so she's just like, no, no, I don't, I don't believe this. Uh, what about wax? Fine. Well, all but one leg. Yeah. But he'll heal up. Wayne stayed behind to detonate the bomb to save the city. And she's just like, no, she's not going to accept it. She's not going to believe he's gone. He'd survived worse than this. I don't think that he had to be fair, Marissa. I think that's a, a stretch. Yeah, that's uh, that's an exaggeration. He he just made the largest explosion that it was ever man made on the planet. Now, she, <laughs> she may not know that, but still. Right. She'd come home one day and he'd be sitting in her kitchen helping himself to the chocolate. And if that never happened... I can't deal with that right now. Not on two hours of sleep. So she lets the delusion linger. And he says, it looks like you're in copious, in need of copious amounts of baked goods. Yeah. She says, yeah, a thousand times. Yeah. Alec. So he fills her with, with treats. No pun intended. I assume. <laughs> and she gets a delivery from a young woman, a card with an address and the symbol of the ghost bloods on it. She gets her credentials, her handgun. She's wearing her uniform. She's got her insignia on there. And she's going to go visiting. The broadsheets are already talking all kinds of craziness, but a surprising number of them got the facts straight. Don shot and deputy saved the day. Daring last-minute race to save Ellendale. 
And she's like, geez, wait, just wait till they find out about like the hidden cavern of kidnapped people being used to breed mistborn or the hemallergic monsters. I mean, the general public doesn't know about hemallergy, so I don't think that we want to tell them about that. But and uh, the place the, the ghost bloods place in Ellendale is a lot fancier than the one in building. And they let her in and uh, sitting in the dark in a chair is Kelsier, the guy that uh, the man who had survived his own murder. The man she'd been taught to worship and revere. Survived his own murder. Whoa. I don't know about that. Uh, He is alive for some values of the word alive, so, you know. Yeah. I guess, did it ever come out in the words of founding that he did the Kanja trick? Um, I think think it must have, because, I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, I don't know if they're still attributing all those appearances right after his death to... To actual Kelsier. That's a good question. Twinsel comes in and he says, we're going to offer you membership. Also asks about Moonlight. Says, we've heard reports. She was forced to use her stamp. So I guess there's an Elantrian out there just like wandering around doing shit. And they're like, yeah, we've heard some stuff. Um, <laughs> there's like this weird lady and she's drawing sigils in the in the air. It's, it's weird, man. And Kelsier's over here like, I'm... She'll be difficult to recover. I may have permanently lost my best agent to this fiasco. Wow. Burn, uh, Twinsel. <laughs> and Marisai's just also, like... Also, maybe you should just been back in time if you didn't want that to happen. Yeah. Yeah, okay. maybe you shouldn't have been faffing about on the south like a douche. <laughs> Marisai really just, like, turns around and fires back at him. Like, you'd rather we let the invasion happen? And he, uh, he, he gives a bit of a smile. And she's like, maybe the stories are true. That he might be a brutal man, but he wasn't a stern man. Could you really trust stories from hundreds of years ago? I mean, I guess. And even if you could, surely a man changed after living or, well, not staying dead for four centuries. I I love that differentiation. It's like Mm -hmm. he didn't live them, but he also didn't die. (laughs) (laughs) He's been around that guy. And so Twinsel offers her membership and says, I will be your mentor. And we our first mission will be to track down Moonlight and try to bring her back. And she has some thoughts. Like She goes back and forth inside herself for a while. Did you guys think she was going to accept? I think once we started getting to this point in the story, <clears throat> I sort of thought, no, don't do it, don't do it. But um, mm. I, I, I think I wanted it to go that way in the beginning, that she would accept it and that would be great. But I, I, I'm really glad she didn't. I didn't think she would because I feel like the difference between her and most of the people that are involved with Kelsier in his current form is that she has like people that she likes that are her friends, that are her family, that she wants to be with, that she wants to stay around. She didn't give Alec like a – she just wrote a note saying she'd be right back. Like she didn't say like goodbye or anything like that, and I just don't see – it as a possibility that she would have said yes and then come back and said goodbye to Alec again. Like I, it just didn't make a lot of sense to me because I don't know how much she would have been able to interact with her former group mm. of people if she said yes. So I and and we've had little. She's dropped little hints throughout the book that she what she does is important and she's been at odds with the Ghost Blood people with several decisions that she's made. So I think she was kind of ready and we knew enough, I think as, as readers to kind of know, like, yeah, she's not doing this for the same reasons that they're doing it. Like they, they've got, they're, they're focused on big picture stuff. And for her, like the devil's really in 
the details and like the people on the ground. So she just has different priorities than they do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the same. It's like after she took down Entrone by stating it's like, I get power from the people and from law and order. I'm like, you're never going to fit in with Kelsey's crew in that instance. <laughs> yeah. And she makes a point of that here. It's like, like you were a criminal. Like, you know, if I'd been in your time, I would have had to arrest you because that, like, because like, I believe in the law. Sorry. So, and I'm, I'm also glad that she acknowledged what I said back when we first learned about it. It's like, oh, this group doesn't have secrets from each other. And she looks at Kelsey, just goes, now, is that true? Even you? <laughs> and he just kind of like, okay, you got me. Yeah, yeah, Kelsier never tells anyone the whole truth. Yeah, I mean, that's that was his catchphrase. There's always another secret. And Kelsier gets a bit here where he's like, Says is erratic lately. There's a problem brewing with him. One I fear is going to make even today's events seem trivial by comparison. So he he also hints that there's something coming up there. When I got here, I don't know if I thought she was going to accept or not. I I would have. Like, super secret intergalactic organization, I want in. Like, I want to, I want to know all about this, but I can see why she wouldn't. Super secret galactic. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of with her. Like, I would want to be a part of something bigger, but not that. And she's like, I'm a servant of the government and the law. Things you, I believe, have historically had a problem with, Survivor. I love, like, the, the guy that she worships as, or has worshipped as, like, a god. She's like... You haven't gotten real along real well with the law, which is kind of my thing. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, really, is she in conflict with herself in that instance? Because it's like, what what really... And, of course, you know, Entron gave his own kind of mm-hmm. ideas on survivorism. She obviously interprets it differently. But, you know, she's face-to-face with this guy. Of course, he didn't found found the religion himself maybe that was in his that was his intention to be viewed as like a deity but he didn't found the religion or its scripture right. so that that is kind of not in his hands i guess i wonder if he if he tried to get any say as because you know when when the world ended and started anew there weren't any books of scripture yet that must have come later so i wonder if he if he tried to get any influence on like what was going into the bible of the church of the survivor mm. Well, I assumed that the words of founding included all of that because Sage was big on like making sure all the religions survived. Well, yeah, but I mean, it was like like what we heard about the Testament of Hammond or whatever was one of the things in there, and so that probably wasn't even written uh, when. Oh, the that's true. Were. I guess I guess he they they're like everybody who knew the survivor, write down your testimony <laughs> of what happened. That that is an interesting thought I hadn't had. But um, as as far as her. You know, she worships this guy, even though he was he was a criminal and she and she's a cop. I guess I guess a lot of this comes down to there's a sort of a running theme across this series of people meeting the people they view as gods and realizing they're just people like Wax definitely had it with with Harmony. And then Wayne did mm-hmm. at the end. It's like, hang on, like you're God. Why can't you just do this stuff? And so I think this is Marisai's turn. She's like she's meeting her God effectively. And it's like, what? Like, yeah, no, you're not you're not you're not just king shit, mate. <laughs> yeah i'm I, I was impressed by how she held her ground here against him like what she, you see in her head that she's like almost she's tempted to like apologize instantly and like you know bow and scrape before this guy but she really she stands up to him i won't keep secrets when the truth could save lives and i also like she's like hey i appreciated your help i accept your help again in the future and she also tells to insult like 
I'm still willing to give you my help in uh, in what you're going to do with Moonlight. Like, because really, she's probably like, I like Moonlight. I owe her. She saved my life. I'm completely willing to help you go out and get her back. And as she leaves, she's thinking plans for her life that she'd followed for years, but had eventually grown beyond. Had she grown back into them? Wiser, more understanding, more nuanced. She realized what she wanted. All she needed was a plan. So what is what is this? I don't know if you guys remember what track Marisai was on when we first met her. She well, wanted to, to originally, she was going to be a lawyer. Um, That's true. But uh, I don't really know what exactly she means in this instance. So we find out, um, I forget which book it is, that for years, as uh, when she was younger, her mother, who she doesn't talk with that much and partially because of uh, – of of this her mother had been pushing her to go into politics to prove to her dad that she was like worthy to be uh, his daughter or whatever or really she thought it was more about her mom proving that she was good enough that she could have you know married him and provided this uh this you know worthy heir or whatever sort of thing and then we cut to twin soul who he's like you know what respect he liked seeing people uphold their personal codes. The Aethers, after all, had created all people to think differently from one another. Like his very different viewpoint on uh, gods of the Cosmere. And then from the shadows behind Kelsier's seat comes someone that Marisai did not see at all if he was standing there the whole time. Someone called Delavel, who is wearing a wooden mask, but does not this have a Southern seems... Skadrian accent. Sorry, go ahead. No, but he does have a massive chip on his shoulder. Yeah, no shit, right? Like, this guy is just, like, a fucking kill them all, I don't care. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's a, he's a real prick. Yeah, he's, a, he's, he's not uh, the nicest guy. You're, you're not wrong. It says that his accent is not Southern Skadrian. It is of Silverlight. Does anyone remember having heard about Silverlight before? Yeah, that's um, uh, where Chris was from. Is that right? Mm, I don't remember. I know we've heard the term, but... I'm pretty sure Silverlight University wasn't that where yeah. Chris so does it. Mm. So where we heard that was in Arcanum Unbounded in the Selish System essay. There's a bit where she says, "I've begun to wonder if something greater is happening on Cell than we at the universities of Silverlight have guessed. Something with origins lost in time. Perhaps the Irie know more, but they're not speaking on the topic and have repeatedly denied my request for collaboration." So. She apparently works or goes to or something at a uni- the University of Silverlight, and uh, that's where this guy's she's accent like, is from. She's like like the Indiana Jones of Silverlight um, she does University. Feel kind she of Indiana go- Jones, right? Goes goes off on adventures and stuff. <laughs> and so this guy's like, we're gonna have to deal with her, and Twin <laughs> Soul is immediately like, no, I will not permit harm to come to her. And Lavel says she knows our secrets. She knows this base. She saw what you and Moonlight can do. She's dangerous now. And Twinsel's just like, Kelsier, rein him in. <laughs> Call, control your dog. And Kelsier does. He's like, enough, Blavel. Twinsel's right. We might have to move up bases, but it, that's our own fault. Moonlight was so certain she'd join. And so this guy, it says that his mask has grown into the point that it's part of his skin, which that's something we've heard about that's before. Yeah, it does, that's doesn't it? That's messed up. But I think in the previous book, the the hunters supposedly did that same thing. We were told. Oof, weird. And so it says that this guy has that, who uh, like his sister, who ran amok on Roshar, 
So this guy has a sister on Roshar. Maybe we'll run into her at some point. Hmm. Stormlight, yeah. Yeah, that's the Stormlight planet. It's it's the it's the name of the system, the planet, and the continent that this uh, the Stormlight thing takes. Well, place. you know, it's very uh, creative in its name. I mean, easy oh, to really? remember. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm sort of curious as well as the fact that he's got the wooden mask thing, which mm-hmm. is, you know, obviously the, the parallel we draw to the Malwish. And we know Kelsey was involved with the Malwish, but they had the masks before he showed up because in that flashback of his, they had they burned all their wood, so they only had cloth masks left. Yep. So it's like, so did Kelsey get the idea from them or are the Malwish like a subset mm. of Rosharans who somehow wound up on Skadriel or... Uh, the Rosharns Malwish, who wound up on Roshar. I guess. Well, it just says that his sister is on Roshar. I guess we don't know that anybody else is. That's uh, true. He, they could be from Skadriel, and she went to Roshar. I guess. Uh that's true. Yeah. Also, we know that the perpendicularity is somewhere in the south, so it's possible that the people from the south have got, like gone through it and maybe have like colonies elsewhere or something. For all we know, hmm. maybe that's where Silverlight is like a colony of uh, the Southern Skadrians or something. I don't know. Like, we're getting to the end of what I know about Mistborn as well. Uh, so, like, seriously, it's like, uh, who knows? But this, this is no longer solely Mistborn, though. That's true. Like, like, yeah. by, like by your own admission, like, there's a character here who has a connection to Stormlight. Yeah, I mean, I do know whether or not we've run into his sister so far on, on Roshar. That's true. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if you can't tell us, that's fine. Do, are you familiar with this character that's with Kelsier, or is that somebody that you know? Uh, this is the first time that I've seen Dlovel. Okay. Or even heard that name, which is hard to say and annoying. Yeah. And, but Kelsier's like, you will not move against her or anyone in this city without my permission. Do you understand? He's like, yes, Lord Kelsier. Yeah, yeah. Aye, aye, aye. Stop it. <laughs> Is that what he's saying to Dlavel, or is that what you're saying to the little girl? No, 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 that's what he's, that's what Kelsey is saying to Dlavel. Oh, okay, little, okay. Little girl did give me a confused look when I said that, so I was like, no, 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 you're okay. I, I mean, like Dlavel... You sounded, sounded like the seagull, like, from Finding Nemo. <laughs> uh, Dlavel was, uh, I mean, that he said Dlavel can't act. He didn't say Dlavel can't send people to act. You know, so, how, how much of a lawyer is this guy? Who knows? Yeah. He might be quite the lawyer. And so the conversation here ends with Kelsier saying, it should never have gotten this far. Something is wrong with Sage. It's getting worse. And Twinsel's like, well, then what do we do? And Kelsier says, I am going to have to have a difficult conversation with God. Bomb, bomb, bomb. The end of what we read. And then if, uh, if anyone turned the page after that, the... Uh, epilogue number two is titled Steris, so maybe that'll give you a hint about where it's going next. I was in my Kindle, so I did not. In the paper version, we, it's just like the next. Hmm. So, speaking of, for next time, we are finishing this book. So, read the last six epilogues, and we'll have some interesting things to talk about. I would also like hmm. to take this opportunity to have uh, to do a little bit of a retrospective on the book on this era of Mistborn and maybe just Mistborn in its entirety. Like what were your guys favorite parts, least favorite, favorite characters, least favorite characters. What, uh, you know, what stuff are you still mad about? Like Dax and his, uh, he, he's or Dak and Doc's dying. I was mixing up Dak and Doc's. 
So if you have something that you're still holding on to like that, also think about hanging plot threads that you were hoping to see pop up in the next era or in maybe another book since, you know, mm-hmm. there, if it's something that could be resolved in a crossover type thing. So just roll all that sort of stuff around in your head. And I want to, I want to hit on that when we do the next episode. Okay. Meanwhile. Oh, I, I, I almost forgot. Let's do. Meanwhile at the plot. Sorry. Go ahead. Let's hit some predictions, uh, some predigments, and uh, you can try to predict like what we're, we already talked a little bit about what you guys think we're going to see. Yeah. In the rest of this book, or if you want to go bigger, you know, predict uh, some bigger like next era or other stuff, you know, stuff from here that's going to pop up somewhere else. You know, whatever kind of thing you want to predict. I know that there's not that much left to try to predict in this book. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I kind of touched on maybe the things that I wanted to already when we were discussing different things. I really don't have much. I'm more interested right now in seeing how these epilogues are structured since we've only read one. Are they each going to be very reflective on Wayne's death? And are they going to cover the same period of time? Or are they each going to cover a period of time in sequential order? Like was Marisai's event the first, and then we move on to the next section, which comes after. So I'm more kind of interested in seeing what that's going to do. I'm going to guess based on, I don't feel like Brandon outside of Elantris, I don't feel like he rehashes a lot of the same ground over again in another chapter. So I'm going to guess that, uh, or predict that uh, that they are going to be sequential epilogues, like Marisai's event was first, and then the next one will get maybe touches on some of the immediate after effect, but then comes after her epilogue. So I'll go with that, since I don't have much to predict other than what we've already discussed. The larger stuff that I would predict, I mean, I feel like we've talked about it would be very interesting to see kind of a sazed split, but I mean, I guess we aren't going to get that for a while if um, if we're now going back to older material. Uh, this is this is kind of interesting because we've you know we've read something that's that's newer, uh, that's so new that like everything that we read for a little while after this is probably going to be like I said, maybe less crossover and and have less. Um, Knowledge nuggets, less juicy information of the on the Cosmere as a whole. Maybe we'll get some from a different perspective. But who knows? Maybe maybe some of these other systems and planets are very well versed in the Cosmere. The people are knowledgeable of the universe, perhaps. And if that's the case, then maybe we'll get a good amount of information. And maybe we'll finally get some kind of foundational structure to our knowledge right now. Because I feel like we ha- we know a lot, but a lot of it is kind of vague and like uncertain. But maybe that's the way it is in the Cosmere in general. I don't know, but uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I got. I mean, yeah, that makes sense to me. And we will get to answer your question about how the, uh, how the epigraphs are are structured real quickly. So epilogues, epilogues, yes. Epigraphs is a different thing, which we haven't had in a little bit. When was the last time we had a book with epigraphs? Hero of ages, right? I think it was hero of ages. Probably the last book of the era one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have, I actually don't really have a huge amount more. I guess the only thing that I really want confirmed is to confirm that I am right that Wax is in this spawn. That would make me really, really, really happy. So I feel like we're going to have to have something there, possibly in Wax's epilogue. I'm assuming we're going to get a Wax epilogue. It would be a bit weird if we didn't, given he's the main character. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I would 
think maybe he would have a chat with Sazed and maybe Sazed would, I don't know, he doesn't want to let people know about the misborn powers, but mm. maybe would be happy to sort of divulge that information because they've already sort of had the conversation of, hey, you've done something to me. Like, what what's going on here? He knows yeah. something's weird. And so that should um, be addressed, hopefully. Yeah, otherwise I feel like we're going to get a few sort of nuggety bits of information that might stitch things together. Some of it will have relevance, I guess, to people who've read more of the Cosmere. Some of it won't, I imagine. And um, we'll just see We'll see where we end up. But uh, I'm not bold enough to make predictions about what's <laughs> going to happen. Bigger, Cosmere-themed. I, I have no idea. I'm just going to go along for the ride. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So I, I will say that when I got to this point reading, I had, I just assumed based on Sace being like, oh, he has pewter now that he was a misborn. It didn't even occur to me until we were talking about it that he could have – that Sazed could be wrong or Wax could have pewter somehow and not be a misborn. Like I just assumed now that I'm like, okay, that's confirmation that he's a misborn. He has two medals, so he has all the medals. That's how that works, so on and so forth. So I don't know. Mm, he still doesn't know though. That's true. That's very true. So and I'm assuming he... the last book will be Wax, and that is a big, bold assumption. But, you know, I, I don't think we would see Wax again show up in another book. Mm. Depends next, but I would like closure on what's going on with him. So, yeah, can you imagine him just, like, never finding out? He, like, he's a misborn and he has no idea? That'd be crazy. <laughs> We've just got to wait for, like, the next era of misborn to confirm what's happened. We'll just, like, leave it hanging like the women before books and... <laughs> <laughs> make me really mad brandon my 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 wonder is actually if he is a misborn which like i said i assumed at this point that he was is that gonna bring back into like the gene pool like some more powerful alimantic lines um, i mean who knows if they're if steris and wax will have a third kid but if they did it could be the first naturally born mistborn in hundreds of years hmm. mm. so i don't know that's uh just thoughts for the remaining epilogues well, the next one is Steris, and right off the bat, I'm like, okay, Adawathwin is going to get fired, and Steris is going to get her job. <laughs> like, Governor's going to be like, like Steris, like, don't you, don't you need her here to formally give her a notice? And the Governor's like, fuck no. <laughs> uh, like, just do it as an on-the-spot declaration. And Steris is like, okay, you're going to have to figure out how legal that is. And and the Governor's going to be like, yeah, that's why I need you. So that's 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 first up. So yeah, I agree that like seven epilogues and as we were saying at the start, like they've got to all be for each of our characters. So we got Marisai, Steris, let's say Wax will get one, maybe Tensoon will get one, Sazed will get one, and then there's one I haven't quite figured out yet. So I mean maybe Max will get one and it's just Max got his daddy <laughs> back. He was happy. But yeah, I think I, I agree. I think that the wax one, he'll have to have a conversation with Sazed and they're going to talk about it. And Sazed will just tell him, it's like, hey, Wayne died happy. This is, and like sort of give Wax a recap of what they said. And so Wax will be like, okay, all right, I'll take that. I think the Ten Soon one, well, I mean, I'd, if there's a Ten Soon one, I would like there to be one. That's him talk, like talking to the Canberra and like maybe they're all sort of just like a bit unnerved. Like they're able to talk to each other more candidly about how concerned they are about harmony, and maybe they start trying to make some plans. Maybe they have a spike of trillium, and so, mm, guys, we might need to. So there's that, and then I think the sazed one, 
we'll have Sazed, Kelsier, and Marsh all talking. Just because I'm, I, I really like the idea of just seeing the three of them because like Marsh described them as the like the three legs of a of a tripod or something. Yep. We've and, and we haven't seen them do anything with that. I really want to see more of that or any of that. I want to see any of that. So. Yeah, you too. So yeah, I would really love to see a, a conversation with that. Like maybe Kelsey is like challenging says saying, you know, you're you're weak, you're out of commission, like we need to do something about it. And then Marsh pops out and just goes, No, 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 no. Like I know how I know how you're gonna you're gonna try and fix it. We're not doing that, not to Sazed. And so they're gonna try to come to some compromise. On on the plus side, with three characters who can live a long time, if you didn't get that conversation that's the kind of thing that could potentially make it into the next era. Although I guess Marsh wasn't doing real well uh, when we last saw. Yeah, Marsh is Marsh is almost out. So unless Says does him a solid, it's like by the way you have more you have more Adium now. Mm, that's true. But I hadn't also, thought about that actually. But also Marsh could just be like, uh, guys, just let me die. <laughs> like I'm tired. I've been doing this a long time. Like I'm not like you two who have endless vitality. I've like I've mm. I'm feeling it. You guys are but you guys are basically godlike powers now. I'm still a guy with a few spikes in him. While you were talking though, I got this picture of like the third era starting with like this meeting where the three of them show up to this meeting and then it's obvious that like things haven't been going well for a while and this is the moment that everything falls apart and that's the beginning of the next story. Like that could be really cool. But once but when I was thinking that, I hadn't considered the fact that oh right, Marsh is not doing well. Yeah. Uh I will I will go so far as to say that uh there is at least one perspective character in the uh, the epilogues that we're going to read next that I don't think any of you have guessed or proposed, but when you see it, you'll be like, oh, of course that person would get one. Oh, now you say it, shy. <laughs> that <laughs> wasn't what mis- I was talking about, but that's uh, the, uh, I think I think Joe mentioned earlier that like maybe there would be one of those. I did, I did indeed. I mentioned shy. Don't know why I'm doing this accent. <laughs> <laughs> it's in honor of Wayne, mate. I was going to say, I don't know what you did with Joe, uh, but that's weird. <laughs> what, what, what's Wayne doing here? Uh, oh, you know, okay. just being a goddamn hero. <laughs> so, all right. That's, uh, that's, I, that's you know, as, as much predicting as I, as I expected we could probably pull out of uh, this close to the end of the book. And we're saving the, the big, you know, wrap up stuff for the next t- the next one. So this episode, you know. Not that much to do right there, but we do have some some emails and stuff that I can hit on. So that's what we're gonna do. It's like, well, we can't wrap it up now. We're not wrapped up ourselves. Exactly. Yeah, you guys don't know. Yeah, it's true. Okay, so we got a, emails from a couple of different people that I'm going to read. That's the way I'll phrase this, and you'll see why uh, in a moment. The first one is from Wally. Wally from Southern California is how it's signed. Hey there, Sandra Lynch crew. I've been going through a bit of a Cosmere burner since December 22. I found your podcast when I was looking for something for the plane trip back home for the winter holidays and love that I got to listen to for the Emperor Soul and the Sixth of Dusk. It was the perfect way to break up Arcanum Unbounded. Since then, that burner has included all of Mistborn Era 2, Tress of the Emerald Sea, which might be my favorite standalone story, and I can't wait for you to cover it, Warbreaker and Elantris. Listening to you all break down some of the stuff, pose some really solid theories, and blow some other ones has been so appreciated. As someone who just couldn't put these books down, I'm very impressed by the chapter splits you all have and the amount of time and thought you put into the discussions. It's really helped me take in bits of the larger Cosmere that I would have missed otherwise. Also, I'm very much a, yeah, sure, that works, I'll keep on reading type of reader. So having some slightly more jaded opinions, (coughs) Joe, 
helps keep that was him not me by the way um helps keep me is that is that how i'm known am i known as the jaded guy (laughs) probably i mean it could be worse you could be you could be the stupid volcano guy (laughs) i guess oh no i mean look man you like you like what you like i i like to be i mean you know what i'm just gonna own it i'm pretty critical of everything in my life (laughs) critical of myself most of all you know so if I want to be a little critical of your precious Sanderson books, <laughs> you know, I know that I do it from a place of love. I'm enjoying them. If I if I was that critical of them, I literally would just quit the podcast and stop reading. Stop reading them. I, I don't I don't love hearing my own voice enough that I would just do the podcast because <laughs> like I I like the books. Otherwise, I would just stop. Now I'm trying to think what everyone is most famous for on the show. Like Dax got volcanoes. He'll never live that. Sure. Down. Um, yeah. Joe Joe is the guy who, who does guy like stuff. Yeah. And uh Jamie may actually be most famous for predicting the Lord Ruler's identity with her Did that talk, her, talk, her, talk, her talk, big talk, detailed talk. thing. Uh, so I, I need to say this on the topic of the volcano stuff. Like, people, I have made plenty of predictions just <laughs> as stupid as that one. Okay? It's true, but that one was first. Like, but you know, you don't need to pigeonhole my stupidity. My stupidity is vast. <laughs> uh, don't don't do that to yourself, because we're trying to build a shirt off of this thing. You can't do that. Uh, and I so, like my uh, stupidity is vast. Yeah, you know, it's a great shirt. What are you talking about? Exactly. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> He's like, wait, now that I think about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Let's push this some more. Dax, Dax's new catchphrase is my, yeah, my stupidity is vast. Is vast. <laughs> the Sander Lanch. <laughs> Uh, oh, there, yeah, there's so many possibilities there. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I think Jamie has the best rep of anyone on the show. Yeah, she's got pretty good. She's got pretty good rep. Plus, you know, you think of every time, like, you know, if, if Jamie has missed an episode for whatever reason, and then she comes back the next one, the fans always rejoice. Yeah, there yep, is much sure. rejoicing. <laughs> and they rejoice. Yay. 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 <laughs> yeah, no, I, I look, I, I'll take the jaded guy. That's another shirt, jaded guy, the the Sanderlanch. Uh, I assume that I'm just like the guy who won't shut up, so it's fine. You're the, you know, you're the guy with the info. Yep. So okay, back to the email. Sorry. The, the more jaded opinions help keep me accountable when things don't line up as well as they could. So thank you for being my second Cosmere brain that keeps the chats, theories, and giggles up. Just to share, one of my favorite moments of the podcast was listening to Elantris when I think Dak. First, offhandedly mentions that Dreo Crushthroat could be keen. I audibly said, oh, come on, to no one other than my dog. I had already finished uh, the book at that point and couldn't believe that shot got called. Uh, now, to be fair, we call that as the dumb joke because we wanted to have this, like, cooking pirate thing. Yeah. Cooking pirate, yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah. That was, like, uh, that was the best running joke of that book. And somehow that just came true. It was like, are you, like when, when that I read that that came true... I actually had to message Data with a red circle around the, pa- the line of the page with the caption, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Um, yeah, that was it was it was pretty shocking. We we were having a good time making jokes. We thought we'd have another like possum hunter thing on our hand, but now we can't even make fun of it because it was real. He really was a, a pirate chef. Yeah, the dreaded pirate chef. Yes, when that joke popped up, it was that it was so much fun for me. Just being like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, totally hilarious." Okay. That's like chumps. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Of course not. 
Shifty eyes. I'm like the shifty eye dog there. Yeah. Um, he's always treating us like chumps. I, I, I don't have any options. Sorry. I can't spoil it for you. Okay, sorry. The email. Can't wait for more. Data, and then in parentheses, I'm assuming not the others based on y'all's progression. Did you jump in on the Stormlight Miniatures Kickstarter? There's been enough D&T tangents that I'm sure they'd be made use of. I know you were all very vocal about Secret Projects Kickstarter. Stormlight was my first Anderson introduction, and I've already started putting pieces in place for a Shattered Planes one-shot once they arrive. To answer that, I really liked them, but I only play D&D online. There's no, I would have no use for the physical miniatures. That did not stop me mm. from pledging for the painted, slightly larger little statues. And I Yeah, almost, we saw those at the con. They were cool. Yeah. I almost bought the big one, the big super expensive one, because it's just so pretty. But I couldn't. It was like three fifty or four hundred dollars, and I could not justify that. But it was. I, was, I really wanted that one. So I, I am in in that Kickstarter, not all the way in. I was I was tempted at times, but it, it's like literally there were like dozens of these miniatures of different characters, and I was like, they look super cool. I don't need a bunch of miniatures. Like I really don't. I'm not gonna paint them. I'm not gonna use them. They'd just be sitting in the box somewhere. So I'm not gonna spend all that money. Ugh. Yeah. I, I, I'm, even though I'm Data and I, yeah. yeah, even though Data and I play have played D and D together, we play with people from not where we live, so yep. we really don't have the use for miniatures for that reason. Uh, he, he ends by saying, "I'll be poking around the Discord, but just wanted to say thank you and put all these thoughts into the ether now that I'm caught up on the Cosmere for the time being. Y'all are wonderful, Wally from Southern California. So thank you, Wally. Next, we have an email from Talon." Talon says, hello, DJ and DJ. I can't remember who brought up that nickname, but I'm going to use it. Anyway, I need to ask you something. How do you think Gertruda, I don't know if I spelled it wrong, but how do you think she will get Wayne's scent? Rub herself on him? Oh, dear, that sounds wrong. Anyway, I love your podcast and couldn't listen to Elantris. I'll probably go back. Also, I left a review. So she does say she's going to get his scent. I hadn't thought about how she would get it. She's dead now anyway, so, you know, I'm going to say she's Yeah. No. Maybe she was going to steal some of his whiskey. I don't know. It's dumb. Well, I mean, now now they're, now they're both dead, so I guess technically that means they smell alike. Interesting point. Uh, I, I think Wayne's body probably was vaporized, so he probably doesn't smell like anything. Also, also fair. And then the another email from Talon that's – the title is Another Follow-Up Email. And all it says is, eh, I think that makes it worse. Okay. Then – and I, I have to I have to that email came in March 15th. I want to specify that because yeah. it was called another follow up email, which confused me because I was like, was there a follow up email <laughs> on the 16th? We received a an email entitled follow up email. And this email says next time I'll send pictures of my pets. Next time I'll send pictures of my pets and then tell me the 15th email again. Uh, it said, I think that makes it sound worse. Oh, yeah, that is a little strange. And then also on uh, uh, like like an, uh, a half an hour later on the 16th, a follow up email that says, also, I can't do Patreon. I am a child. I'm a ch- I'm a child. And hey. then <laughs> and then on the 17th. Sorry for all the follow up emails. If I could support Patreon, I would so that I could get a fairing power. That's ah, that's, that's the end. So thank you, Talon, for the emails. Uh, I, you know, we, we get it. Even even people who aren't childs, uh, child, a, a lot of people can't uh, can't do the Patreon, and uh, I, we don't expect it of anyone. It's uh, no, 
it was it was just people are like, hey, we want to find we, is there a way we can support the show? So we set that up, you know, uh, enjoy all the content that we put out uh, weekly and don't feel nobody should ever feel bad about like not getting no. there. No, no one should feel bad. We didn't we never started this podcast to make money or to, uh, you know, yeah, n- make nothing money. Like that. Yeah. Why did we start the podcast? Ada? You tell me. I don't even remember. We were in the middle of a pandemic. And the honest truth, yeah, well, that's fair. The honest truth actually is that I listened to a podcast very similar to this one for the Dresden Files. Mm. And I thought, yeah, uh, yeah, it's called Unspoiled. Uh, Interesting. They went through the whole Dresden Files. They also did they also did uh, Harry Potter once upon a time. And one of them had never read Harry Potter. And that was like a big thing. Like, Mm. oh, my gosh, somebody still doesn't know anything about Harry Potter. Like she she never read it. She never seen the movies or anything like that. So. Yeah, uh, well, there was another podcast that we were listening to before you brought this up um, called Potterless, which was a dude who'd never read Harry Potter mm, before. Yeah, I, I subsequently um, heard of that one. I haven't listened to that one. Yeah. So, yeah, when you when you called us up and said, hey, do you want to do this? And we just gone, oh, it's like Potterless. And you, you just gone, yeah, sure. It's like that. So I was sitting here one day thinking, I really wish somebody would do a thing like that. But for like Mistborn, I think was specifically my thought. And then I was like, and you could do, you could make it so cool. There's so much Brandon Sanderson stuff and this whole Cosmere. Like you could really, and the more I thought about it, at some point I was just like, I mean, I could do that. I got a lot of free time with, uh, we're all trapped inside constantly from, for the pandemic and probably some other people do too. Yeah. You know what? I'll do that. And then I think a couple of weeks after we started releasing these episodes, the, the people at uh, unspoiled who did the Dresden files, at least one of those two people, they have a series of shows. They started doing Mistborn but it was like a patrons only show, which ah. just made me even more like, I'm not going to be a patron. I am now even more determined than ever that I'm going to put this show out and people will get this for free. So <laughs> that was, that was the Genesis of, uh, of uh, what sent me down the, the rabbit hole of uh, creating this uh, or in trying to find people who was like, who who's never read any Brandon Sanderson stuff. I'm sure I know some people like that. Why doesn't any anyone do like do this? Only go, oh, but only guys like me can do this. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait, guys like I'm me. A, I'm a guy, guy like, like me. me. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, that's a great episode. I feel like it, it helps to have someone who one of the things about Unspoiled on some level, but about other podcasts like that that I've listened to is that the person who's right before it bugs the crap out of me when they are like, oh, yeah, I actually, uh, you know, that's this is a major part of this book. And I don't remember the answer. Uh, I don't remember that. Or they say something that's completely wrong. And while I'm sure I have done both of those things, I try very hard to get things correct because it always bugs me so much when the person on the show who's supposed to know what they're talking about doesn't know what they're talking about. And I'm sitting here like, no, no, stop it. You're ruining everything. <laughs> you ruined it. So, yes, the, that was all, the determination to try to be someone who uh, actually could get that right is uh, was also part of it. But that just you know, makes me sound full of myself, which is probably true. So it works out. But uh, uh, anyway, you, you just you care a lot. You know, you're not phoning it in. We're literally on a phone sometimes. But yeah. OK, well, anyway. But you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I got you. So thank you for the emails. Uh, if anyone would like to send an email, the address is the at Gmail dot com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. And Patreon, where we have one new patron to talk about this week. At the ska level, we have Sawyer. Sawyer. Sawyer the sky, eh? Yep. So, uh, let's see. Patrons. 
We do uh we do fairing powers for them, right? Yep. That's right. I I don't want to get fire soul out again. I just did it last week. That seems that seems lazy, right? Yeah, you know what I haven't done almost ever really is uh is brute. You're a brute. Oh uh, yeah. That's I feel like that's a common yeah. one that we see in the thing, but the, the, yeah, you haven't called it out. Yeah, much. it's so similar sounding to at least a name, not an actual power to like what Pewter does in in Alamancy that like I sometimes Alamancy, forget about yeah. it because I know yeah, sure. I know it's not the same because the body actually physically changes with the Ferrakemi. Yeah. It feels very similar as opposed to like steel where you're pushing and then you're running really fast. Like those are very different. I can see which yes. that they, yeah. they feel similar. Yeah. Wonder so what a, wonder what a compounder of those would do. Right. Ooh. You're just like infinite strength, but you're also like giant. Like you. Ugh. A brute thug. Yeah, that'd be weird. I mean, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, yeah, compounding would just have to make you, like, almost made out of steel or something. It's crazy. Yeah. But, um, running, running around like the juggernaut. Yeah, you're the juggernaut, I'm the bitch. juggernaut, bitch. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, well, thank you, everyone, patrons, listeners, people on the Discord. Thank you to everybody. We appreciate you. Remember, we're finishing this book out for next time, and then we're going to do, like, a wrap-up sort of discussion. And then from there, we are moving in. To White Sand. Uh, White which, Sand. It'll be a little bit for us before we record the next episode because I'm going to be gone for a week, but you guys should get it right away. So if uh, – and I, I will remind everyone once again that if you've never – if you don't own White Sand the comic, you can get the prose version for free from Brandon's website and follow along with the basic plot as we talk about it more or less easily. I mean if you want to go out and uh, and get it, the, the digital comic is available uh, of the White Sand Omnibus, which is what we will be reading, that is available on the uh, the website of Dynamite Comics, the publisher. But uh, I still haven't received my physical one, so Joe and I will be doing digital versions while uh, Dak and Jamie get there get to read a physical copy. So, music by Miracle of Sound, and wasn't to the time of next. Colo. Oh.